Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I'm your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to be talking about the prospect of possibility, how to access consciousness, and working with an expert who will show us the way. It is my pleasure to welcome Simone Millicis to the show. Simone is the Worldwide Business Coordinator of Access Consciousness, an international speaker and author of Joy of Business, Getting Out of Debt Joyfully, and Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? She is an acclaimed business and life mentor and travels the world facilitating seminars with Access Consciousness. A lady who knows how to be a woman, Simone revels in the joy of future opportunity and knows that the prospect of possibility resides in every choice you make. You can find Simone every week on her The Choice, Change, and Action podcast, available on her website and iTunes. Simone, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited about our conversation. So, Let's begin our chat by hearing a little bit more about you and your background and how you launched your professional and personal path. Okay, well, (laughs) it's like, where do I start? I'm going to say when I was at school, like high school, so many of my friends would be, you know, talking about different things that they wanted to create, but a lot of them were like wanting to get married and have kids. And I was always so interested in creating a business. And people would ask me and say, what sort of business do you want to create? And I was like, I have no idea. I just know that I want to travel the world. That was one thing. And then create my own business. Because to me, creating a business was something that was so malleable. You could change it at any moment. And you could you could create what it is you desired to see in the world through business was my point of view. And I ended up actually traveling overseas pretty much as soon as I left school. And I told everyone I was going for six months and I ended up staying overseas for three years and just traveling all around the world. And in that time, well, I had pretty much no money. I was in London and as part of my entertainment to myself, because I had no money and I was living in a house filled with people, backpackers, I would jump on one of those big red buses, you know, the double-decker buses in London. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I know those well. Yeah, and I'd ride across London and just write and write down what I wanted to create in the world. And that's literally how I started one of my first businesses was writing down what I wanted to create in the world and how I wanted people to be with each other and how I wanted them to be with the earth, with the planet. And I could see so many people that no matter where I looked, like no matter you know what race they were, what religion, if they had money or if they didn't have money, I remember riding across London and being on that bus and looking out and I couldn't see anyone that truly looked happy. So my point of view is like, how do I create the invitation for people to choose happy in their life? So I created this whole business on these big red buses and I actually called it Good Vibes For You. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I mean, that business, that business was, I guess, one of my first babies, like my first business that was so diversified and changed a lot over the years. And, and I did many different things, you know, throughout that time as well. And the whole 
the whole creation of the business was based on, I wrote this piece on vulnerability and what would it take for people to be more vulnerable with each other and to truly know what it is that they desire to create in the world and be able to choose that no matter what it takes. Like don't have any reasons or justifications to restrict yourself and follow that, like follow what you know. And that was the whole energy, I guess, and the whole thought process behind Good Vibes for You. And then I met Gary Douglas, who's the founder of Access Consciousness, and I saw him talk at a seminar in Sydney, Australia, and was just like, oh my goodness, this guy is talking about everything that I wanted to create in the world. You know, he, I had these ideas, but he just had a lot of different processes and tools to make it a lot quicker. So me being me, I, you know, ended up going to a few seminars and then he was talking to me and said, you know, maybe you should come work with us. And, and I had this point of view, which I know so many people have this point of view. I was like, no, I don't want to work for anyone else. I want to create my own business and I want to work for myself, which what I've discovered over the years, Christina, is that there is no question in that. That's just a conclusion. And so many people I see come to conclusion in their lives and in their business rather than ask questions. And so eventually, anyway, he sort of, I guess, invited me and talked me around a little bit. And I realized that I did have choice each day and I could still work with him and work with Access Consciousness. And that was about 19 years ago. And we were in four countries at that time. And now we're in about 170 countries around the world. So it's been amazing. It's been a quite a journey working with access consciousness and increasing the business. And I love the business development and I, you know, love the idea of, of what you can do with something and how you can change it each day and how you can extrapolate and create something greater each day and not sit in this place of maintaining something, but, but expanding it each and every day. So this all really started 19, 20 years ago. So how, has your involvement with Gary and Access Consciousness evolved over the years? And what do you do separate and apart from that? The world has changed dramatically, as we were talking about before our chat. The world's changed dramatically in the last five months. And when you scroll back over 20 years, things have changed dramatically. So I'm curious as to how you have evolved personally and professionally and, you know, both within as well as apart from access consciousness? Oh, gosh, that's, that's, a, that's a big question and a lot of questions in one. It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so much, there's so much in that. And um, it, I have changed so much. I, I mean, uh, hopefully everybody changes all the time. I was talking to someone yesterday and I said, I wouldn't want to be in my 20s for anything. It's like what I know now <laughs> compared to what I know in my 20s is a, is a huge difference. And even my thirties, it's like, I know so much more now. It's like, I think life gets better and better. And if it's not getting better and better, then you get to change something. You get to choose something different. So when I first came with access, I was, I was actually organizing some of their seminars in Australia and, you know, Gary was coming out to Gary and Dane here, um, who's the co-creator of access consciousness as well. were coming out to Australia and I was like, you should have a company here. You should do this and da, da, da. And, and Gary said, well, why don't we do that? And I was like, well, you need an Australian director. And he went, well, would you like to be the Australian director? And I was like, hmm, okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so it sort of just like, you know, kept going. And, and it, this, these seminars were just so amazing and changing my life. And I said, how do people know about this? 
And I kept asking the people who were here organizing it and they were like, oh, word gets around. And I was like, what do you mean word gets around? This is amazing. These tools and what Gary and Dane are talking about is so phenomenal. Everyone should know that this exists. And that was very much my point of view right from the beginning. What would it take for the world to know that access consciousness exists? They don't have to choose it, but know that it exists because it was changing my life so dramatically and so fast and with so much ease. And so they didn't even have an email. So I actually started, I remember a Hotmail account because I started a Hotmail account because I wanted to be able to walk away at any moment because I definitely had commitment issues <laughs> working with someone else. <laughs> and then I actually helped build the first website, like with, you know, hired people to do that. So it, it wasn't really a startup company. It was very much in its growth in the US and Canada. But in Australia, I started to build that up here. And over the years, it's like, I mean, probably about two years in, Gary said to me, you know, we need someone like you around the world. And at that moment, I was looking at my life thinking, my life is a little too small just being in Australia. And I said to him, I can do that. And I said, I can, I can work around the world. And he said, so would you like to be the worldwide coordinator? And I was like, sure. What does that mean? He was like, I don't have an answer yet, but, you know, let's discover what that is. And he told me a few different jobs and I was like, I can do that. I can do that. And then we started expanding around the world and which is a really interesting energy. And this is something that I learned because I realized when I was, used to live in Santa Barbara, California on and off. And when I was in the U S I had a really good awareness of everything in the U S and Canada, but I couldn't seem to put my attention on Australia. And then when I was in Australia, it was the same thing. I was very aware of Australia and couldn't seem to put my attention on the U S. So I'm going to say it's like a muscle. I started practicing and every single morning when I would wake up, I would ask what the world required of me. And I would literally expand my energy over the entirety of, of the planet, over the, you know, of the world and ask, okay, so where would access consciousness like to be today? And who can I talk to? And, you know, what, what action can I take today? And that's how we started expanding around the world. And now like I said, we're in about 170 countries and only just in the past couple of years, um, I think it was about 18 months ago, two years ago, that I gave up the job of worldwide coordinator. Now we have one of my colleagues, Francesca Friantini from Italy, who is amazing. And she is doing what I was doing because I've started facilitating some of the more advanced classes, which was an interesting choice for us to to choose because I love the running of the business and I love the creation of the business. And, but Gary and Dan were like, I think we need you to do this. And I said, I know, but I love my job. And I started doing, you know, all of it. And I remember being in Brazil at one stage in Sao Paulo and I was doing this class and then doing this class and I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning and working and then coming home from the class and then, you know, working until like 11, 12 at night. And I'm like, I can't do this. I actually need to give some of this up. And that's one of the things I see that people choose that kills the business is when they, they think that they should do everything themselves rather than recognize and acknowledge, okay, maybe it's time to give something else up here and allow other people to contribute to the business so that it can expand. And that's pretty much what we've created with Access Consciousness around the world. So at the moment, we, I was in Budapest, Hungary in March. Mm-hmm. I was facilitating a class and I, we had another class the following week and I remember going to, <laughs> going to the restroom and I just thought, I have to go home. And it was the strangest feeling. And wow. I was like, 
And I was like, what's going on? And I, and I, I actually, of course, went to the wrongness of myself and went, am I getting lazy? Do I not want to facilitate? Do I just want to, you know, and all these things, but everything in my body and myself was like, get out of Budapest and go home. And then the next day, because we were all there, we were doing this major class and we all looked at each other. The, their government was meeting that afternoon. We went, we have to get out of here. So I quickly rang Emirates and, and got the flight home. And actually I was on the flight in Emirates and they said, you know, you're really lucky. You got the last flight out of Budapest. Wow. And we just got into Australia before they started doing the quarantine in the hotels, so, right. which I'm very grateful for. I had to do self-quarantine at home. But, I mean, as I mentioned to you before the interview too, I was so used to traveling for six, seven weeks, coming home for a week, you know, going off again on another tour, coming home for a week. And, and my life was great and I was very happy with what I was choosing to do. And yet I know physically too, I was getting a little tired and was wanting something to change. As my assistant said to me, you've been asking for your schedule to change. And I went, yeah, I didn't think it looked like this though. <laughs> been home for five months. So, you know, so I came home from Budapest, but we've actually had a lot of our business set up online already. We do a mm-hmm. lot of online things. So Zoom actually at one stage rang us and said, can you talk to us about how you use us? Because your, your company is extraordinary with how you use our service. And we've, we've uh, I feel like our, what we've created worldwide has been quite leading a lot of things like that. So I know a lot of people were struggling when the online stuff came up, but we were so set for it. Like I actually came home and we continued to do that class that we were meant to do in Europe. So, which meant I just was working at midnight and like my time clock, I was like, don't change my body clock. Like just start working at midnight till eight Mm -hmm. in the morning. And we've done everything online and the business has been expanding even more. And then I've noticed even people had a few people from Saudi Arabia, some lovely ladies like thanking us saying, you know what, we wouldn't have been able to come to your classes if you didn't have these online. So our business has been expanding in a different way. And I get that people have to sort of recognize that, 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 as you said, it's like the world has changed and it's not going back to what it was. We get to create our future and we get to create what this looks like. So what would you like it to look like? And what action do you need to take with your business to, to create these doors opening that have never been opened before and allow, you know, different and greater possibilities to show up is the way that we've looked at it. And yeah, so here I am today. <laughs> so I would love for us to get our hands dirty a little bit more and talk about access consciousness in, in further detail. I'm sure that just like me, our listeners are very intrigued by listening to everything that you're saying about your life experience, what led you to access consciousness and how, I mean, it's clear that you have created a life that you love and it has evolved over time. Sometimes the universe through COVID or other mechanisms sort of steers us in the direction that we're meant to, to be going down. And I'm just curious if you could maybe, you know, frame what the paradigm is of access consciousness and why it's such an important set of teachings. Yeah, look, access to me, access consciousness is about empowering you to know that you know, because you know so much more than what you've been willing to acknowledge. And it's about living in the question and being in question. I mean, Socrates referred to that. He was always talking about, you know, being, you must question everything. 
and and not from resistance and reaction from question ask a question and then something greater can show up but if you function from that place of answer or conclusion then you know nothing else greater can show up but if you keep asking questions then something can and i guess tapping into all of the capacities that you have and and choosing greater each day there's it's a set of tools and processes and things like that to change any area of your life that you think is not working for you like most people think they have a problem with something they think they have a money problem or you know relationship problem and when you start working with people and you ask them questions about it most of the time they've created it to to justify something or created it to you know to limit themselves based on a point of view that they have of you know maybe i don't know you grew up with no money so then you decide well that's that's your life you have no money it's not mm-hmm. true and it's like you can create anything that you desire and most of the time i mean if you look at all of our thoughts feelings and emotions 99% of our thoughts feelings and emotions they're not ours and we buy them as ours so one of the questions I would give out too is ask the question of who does this belong to? Like when you wake up, you know, in the morning and you sort of get downloaded with all the information of every single person around you. I mean, you have the psychic abilities to pick up on your neighbors, on your colleagues, on everyone. And then you start buying all of those thoughts, feelings and emotions as yours. So ask who does this belong to? And if it lightens up, it's not yours. Mm -hmm. and one of the things I would talk about each day is asking if you were creating your reality like yours what would you choose so I mean if you use money as an example I grew up in a household where we weren't allowed to talk about money or business at the dinner table and which drove me crazy because I was so interested in business and my father was amazing at business and Mm -hmm. I always wanted to ask him questions and my mother would be like no we can't talk about that at the dinner table it's it's rude And then we'd have these conversations about, you know, the kid up the street who won a swimming carnival. And I was like, I don't, I don't care about that. (laughs) I don't want to know (laughs) what dad's creating or what he's choosing or or how this is working out, you know? So when I, when I had had my stepson, any question he asked me, I was like, if you can ask me a question, I'll give you the information. So sort of changed my reality. And so often people will continue their life the way that they were brought up thinking that the parents point of view was was what it should be and it's like no if you ask each day what else is possible for you today like what possibilities are available that you've not yet asked for so i mean access consciousness does seminars in so many different areas like i've just finished doing a seminar in the last few days called relationships done different mm-hmm. and we talk about creating relationships and not just with you know lovers, husband, wife. It's like the relationships you have at work, the relationships you have with your family, your kids, your parents, etc. And what if you could create that to be different? I've also written a book called Getting Out of Debt Joyfully, which is so much based on, I, I was refusing to look at money for so long and to look at my financial reality until I finally changed it and then started using tools of access consciousness and changed my financial reality and I have money and I'm learned to educate myself and enjoy it and create more money and not have a judgment about it. Most people have a judgment about money, which limits what can show up. And to me, access consciousness is if you come out of judgment, what can you create? So how do people get access to access consciousness? It sounds like you have a number of seminars. Are there any books, website that 
can educate people enough to figure out whether this is something that they're interested in pursuing? Yeah. I mean, accessconsciousness.com is the main website. And then, I mean, also my website, simonemillises.com. And no one in the world has my name, so which is great because you Google it and everything comes up. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then also there's accessjoyofbusiness.com, which is a book that I also wrote called Joy of Business. Because my point of view is if you don't love what you're doing, why are you doing it? It's like change it up, like do something different. So there is many different classes around the world with access consciousness. One of the first classes you can take though is called the bars class. And it's actually a hands-on process that's done on with 32 different points on the head. And when these points are, um, you know, touched lightly by a practitioner, it starts to, the best way to describe it is like in your computer, it starts to delete all the crap that you're creating around, you know, joy, uh, creativity. It's like, you know, everything that you've been implanted with, it's like aging, sadness, joy, money, control, like all these different points on your head. And it starts to delete those so that you have more of you and you have what I would say is more of a sense of peace and more less of the the clutter going on around in your head so that you can actually find out what is it that you would like to create as your life today. Well, and something you mentioned earlier, which seems to tie into that is something that you discuss on your website as well and, and seems to be part and parcel of access consciousness, which is the prospect of possibility. I've actually done seminars and, you know, been made aware of teachings a number of years ago about how critically important the whole idea of possibility is and creating it and being very steadfast in coming at life from that sort of a place. Do you want to explain to our listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah. And I'm going to say, I mentioned briefly before about being in question. And that to me is like the second you go, oh, it can't get any better than this. Then you've just created, it can't get any better than this. And, you know, I don't know about you, Christina, but at school, it's like we were taught to have the answer, not have the question. And at school, you were also taught that you had to have the answer. And if you didn't get the answer the way the teacher wanted you to get the answer, you were wrong. So our whole life was spent trying to find the answer. What if that was the other way around? What if our whole life we should have been empowered to ask questions? And literally, like, I mean, we just opened up this shop last week, which it's very funny because people think we're crazy, but it's it's in the local village where I'm in. And it's called Antiques and Possibilities, which is funny that you asked about possibilities because <laughs> <laughs> and I love that name, Antiques and Possibilities. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's got that energy of putting people in question because they're like possibilities. And we're like, yeah, because we want to have a few different events there and talk about some different topics, like even based on our books or even educating people on antiques and and on, you know, silver and, and pearls and whatever that is. But it's called antiques and possibilities. And the possibilities is when you go into question, then more can show up. Like even like one of the things that we told all the staff is every single person that walks into the shop and ask about a product or anything, ask like, you know, in your head, how does it get any better than this? And what else is possible? It's so simple. Someone walks into a shop and asks for a price on something and then they walk back out. And if you go, oh, they're not buying it, that's the energy you create. Oh, they're not buying it. But if you actually ask, okay, so what else is possible with this? Or how does it get any better than this? 
there's an energy that gets created that allows more to show up. It's like each day asking what else is possible with your business? What else is possible with your staff? What else is possible with your money, with your currency flows? Because you can only work out what your mind has been and done before. And if we could have everything, if we could, you know, create everything with our logical mind, you'd have everything you ever desired. But it's the insane points of view that lock you up. So if we started to ask questions, then it will take you out of that insane point of view and allow you to receive from everything and everyone. I mean, how often if you're in question and you're functioning from that place of happy and joy, and then you'll, you'll pick up a magazine or you'll meet someone or, you know, I don't know, turn the TV on and something shows up and you go, oh, that, that's what I was looking for. I love and when like, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But have you noticed when that happens that you are functioning more from a place of joy? Yes. Because possibilities will find joy. But if you've already decided that it's a bad day and, you know, your life is bad and terrible and you're upset, etc., then if you notice, it's like the dark cloud comes over and nothing else shows up. And I guess that's quite dramatic, but it's like, that's the difference. You functioning from there's nothing else possible. That's what you will create. You function from what else is possible. Then you open up doors that have not yet existed. And to me, that's the life we get to live. And especially now, I mean, I was talking to you before, Christina, about I've noticed for myself and I've noticed people around me that over this last five months, they're starting to discover what gives them pleasure. Like what is pleasurable for you? And I mean, for myself, I've started cooking. That's <laughs> terrific. So to, well, I was, I was so used to traveling and going to restaurants each day. And I broke up a relationship about two years ago and my ex was a really good cook. So I never cooked. And so now coming home for COVID when the supermarkets and you know, the restaurants were shut, I was like, hmm, now what do I do? So I went, all right, I'm going to start to learn to cook. And my ex who was living in the US, I would call him and say, how did you cook that chicken? How did you do this? You know, <laughs> and he would teach me how to cook over the phone. Oh, but that's great. Yeah. But it's like living in this possibility of saying, not going, oh, I can't cook. Then I wouldn't be able to cook rather going, all right, what if I gave this a shot? What else is possible? And that's, I mean, that's with cooking. That's a really small example. But how often do we do that with everything? We've already decided what's not going to happen rather than actually asking a question, what else is possible today? What else is possible I have not yet asked for? And taking you, like I said, out of your logical mind into possibilities. So I have one final question before we wind up our first segment. So everything that you've said really resonates with me. And in our second segment together, we're going to explore a bit more about your podcasts, your books, and about how you go about teaching what you have to teach to people who may not necessarily be as easy to work with as maybe some others would be. Some of what you said really struck me and reminded me a little bit of the law of attraction. Is there a correlation or a relationship between the two? You know, it's a fine line and I wouldn't actually say law, law of attraction only because when I see people, you know, create those boards, et cetera, it gets too specific. Mm -hmm. And to me, you need to ask for something a little bit broader. Like it's not like I would like a red convertible car or I'd like a man who's six foot two with blonde hair who went to Stanford, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit too specific rather than asking what would it take for you know, the kindness or caring to show up in my life or, you know, a greater possibility. So 
to me, there's a little bit of a limitation and conclusion in the law of attraction. And what I'm asking for people to go is even bigger, go greater than that. That makes a lot of sense. And so as we wind down our first segment together, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners and where can they find you? Well, you can find me at simonemillases.com, which is S-I-M-O-N-E-M-I-L-A-S-A-S.com. And if you search that name, like I said before, no one else has my name in the world. So that's my Instagram handle, et cetera. And also at accessconsciousness.com. And you know what? I would like to leave listeners with choose what makes you happy and your life will be way easier. And so many people like to make their life hard and it doesn't have to be like that. What if you choose what makes you happier every moment of the day, whatever that is? Simone, that's great advice. And I'm so looking forward to the second part of our conversation. Me too. Thank you, Christina. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed part one of our conversation with Simone Millicis and that you will join us next week for the second part of our conversation. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.